0: Welcome to the Extra Lap RC podcast. My name's Aiden Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Joe Joey Cockle. How you doing, Joe?
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm great, mate. Uh, and we've still got Martin, I hope.
1: Yeah, I'm here. Brilliant, brilliant.
0: Um, so, what we'll do is we what we always do is we will chat about nothing right now. We'll go straight go straight to speaking to the guest and then after that we will go and chat about any nonsense probably joey talking about works for an hour Ooh. so let's do that martin who are we going to speak to tonight so tonight
2: we've got one of my uh, friends i met there uh, from a long time ago in china who uh does did the eighth worlds in australia commentating we have
0: christopher mitchell Hi, Chris. Are you there? I sure am, guys. How are you doing? I'm brilliant, mate. And have you still got Joey and Martin? Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Chris, well, thanks for getting up super early. <laughs> no problem. It's just going 5am. 5am. Whereabouts in Australia are you? Uh, I am in Perth, so you oh. couldn't, pr- pretty much could not get further away
3: than Righty. anything else.
0: Okay, so for us Brits, is that closer to Home and Away or Neighbours area? Uh, no, opposite side of the country. Right, there we go. Shows what I know about TV. Um, <laughs> Australia is quite big. You're on, you are you're on the other side of the world, but you do travel around the world. You, you, you've not long come back from... Were you doing the world commentating in L.A.? Uh, yeah, so it's been a couple of weeks
3: now, but I was over in uh, Los Angeles for the uh, FMA Nitro On Road Worlds in um, at Steel City with Live RC and Scotty Ernst, and uh, had a wicked experience over there for that.
0: Um,
1: how long were you over there for? Uh, went over for oh, what was that shit? Uh,
3: about a week and a half with the with the event, right. and, and a few days of holiday afterwards.
0: Um, we're not massive on road fans. Um, When we start talking about your on-roads, Joey might go for a walk for 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) But I I did see a bit of coverage. The the venue looked amazing.
3: Uh, Yeah, it is is a fantastic venue there. It's actually just a a small setup. It's all portable in the car park of uh, Auto Club Speedway, which is Los Angeles' main NASCAR circuit. And... There's a whole bunch of setups like that all around in the the various car parking lots outside the speedway that run all year round. And then they all have to be portable, so they just pull everything up and push it to the side to make way for parking for when NASCAR comes to town once a year. Wow. (laughs) It it, it looks like a full-time venue. Well, for all intents and purposes, it is, except for one week every year. They just have to pull everything out of the
0: ground and push it to the back. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. If you go watch the NASCAR in LA, you can probably park it on top of someone's racetrack. Yeah. It's a, okay. it's a great venue, though. Okay. So, with your, your week or so there and your week or so with you know our favourite guy, oh. Scotty Ernst, does, does that week fly by, or... You know, are you a bit of an old hat now and a week of solid commentating's is nothing to you?
3: Um, the, the, week, the week goes by so quickly. You don't think about it until afterwards and you realize, wow, I just put in five or six days straight of commentary. But um, this was actually my first show working alongside Scotty. And um, I was building myself up a lot. I was, I was really excited and a little bit nervous. Um, I hadn't been with Live RC for a few, for a couple of years since uh, back in 2016 for a full time show, and I did a, a small bit with them in Southend for our off-road Worlds in China. But um, yeah, I, I thought I'd uh, move past that point where Live RC would fly me out to gigs, but uh, here we are. They flew me out to Los Angeles to work with you know the one and only, and um, it just. Went by in an instant. Before I knew it, it was the final day, and we were, we were shaking hands and wrapping up and getting ready, ready to go our separate ways.
0: Wow. Um, was, was the noise bad? All I can think of is sort of one eighth on road. When I tried to watch it on Live RC, it was a lot of. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> there is quite a lot of noise. Uh, where we were, we, what you you probably don't see too much from the broadcast is we were actually in the back of the trailer, basically. Um, that's where they set up the broadcast studio. So we're, we're behind closed doors at least, and, but we can still hear a lot of uh, outside noise. But yeah, when it, when it comes to noise, like I thought Nitro off-road was pretty noisy, but mm-hmm. um, on-road is even worse because the engine screams so much higher and the lap is so much faster. So they're constantly going past running through the gears on and off the power, but, um, yeah, you hear it at three in the clock, three o'clock in the morning when you get up to go to the lure and you wake up and it's still ringing in your ears in the morning.
0: It's like you've been, uh, for a good night out in a really seedy club. <laughs> <laughs> though, that, that, yeah. though, guys, I'm sure you guys would know it. In the Total professional. Never, never. never. Um, Because you know Martin because you both raced at the Worlds in China. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
3: yeah. I met Martin Martin. pretty much first night when we were there in China, hanging out with our Paul Crompton and Lee Martin and Neil Craig and all my crazy Aussie mates at the the one Western bar that was conveniently located at the hotel.
0: I'm sure, Martin, you never went there. You're a good boy. Oh, yeah, I was in bed by 8 o'clock. Asleep. Not. <laughs>
2: that was, yeah, we had, some, we had some interesting nights, to say the least. I think the last night was the most interesting night. We probably can't go
3: back to China again. <laughs> the last night was definitely the most fun night of the trip. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't, don't remember much of it, but it was good. Um, how did you get on? So you raced two- and four-wheel drive at those. How long ago was the Worlds in China? That was two years ago now. Yeah. Okay, so two years from Hody. So how did you get on? That um, was
3: my first Worlds, but uh, I ran, I was in the same final as Martin. I think I had it behind you too. You did, yeah. And then you beat me. <laughs> like most did at the Worlds. Um, <coughs> oh, yeah, we had good fun. The yeah, world's yeah. definitely the world's experience gets to you when you're there. You're, you're trying to. Some people are, are more relaxed and just taking as it comes. But I think I got in my own head and started trying to go to go a lot quicker than my talent would allow me.
1: And uh, <laughs> Martin so, does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mastery.
3: It's an easy thing to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that track. No, that yeah, track
2: was so difficult. Regardless it was about the, the way they, they designed, designed of it. Easy worlds, of easy world jumps.
3: Yeah, it was difficult. Oh yeah, the, the the way they they had it designed so that they could run the track backwards without changing any of the jump faces just made it like it was like going to the dentist every time you went out in the track. You just didn't want to do it. No, uh, yeah, a lot of us really hate it on the jumps and and were quite vocal about it at the track as well. <laughs> and uh, the tyres and the traction level as, as well didn't didn't quite help matters. No. But, and, but, and of course, the, the lack of being able to
2: eat anything at the track.
3: Oh no, I ate KFC for eight days straight. What are you talking about?
1: That,
2: that wasn't KFC. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the, <laughs> that the, the, C, right the C didn't stand for chicken. No, I can tell you that one. <laughs> yeah, it
2: wasn't, it, well that wasn't KFC, that was something. But funny enough, when we The day we got back to the UK, the first thing Crompton did was went straight to KFC, just because he said, "I want to taste real KFC (laughs) again." It's the first thing he did
3: (laughs) after eating that ever we had for a week. Yeah, it got a bit got a bit long in the tooth after about the fifth day. Yes.
2: Yeah, and the coach trips back and forth from the hotel.
3: Yeah. Oh. No, it, it, the coach trips were were just an opportunity to sleep because you were leaving it prior to six a.m. in the morning and not coming back till eight thirty p.m., nine p.m. at night.
2: Yeah, I think I think the, the, my highlight of the coach trips was I think it was the first day. I think you might have been on the same bus, but where you, where you put your Ojo bags? You imagine like thirty Ojo bags. It's like rotted wooden floor in the coach.
3: Oh, yeah, that was scary. I didn't want to lose my Kia.
2: <laughs> I I like, remember um, we we hit like a speed bump or or something. The coach kind of bounced. And Mayfield was sat in front of me and he <clears> just <throat> turned around and he went, "Yep, yeah, that's someone's Ojo bag we've just ran over. And it was just a look of horror on the bus. <laughs> just pure horror that there's someone's Ojo bag bouncing down the road.
3: Yeah, it was an experience. Yeah, now in the middle of the Chinese highway. Yeah, yeah. So how did you enjoy your eighth
2: commentary at the Worlds for the, the the eighth worlds in Australia?
3: Um, that was just a huge week as well. Uh, when it when it came down to that, it really my whole commentary career, if you want to call it something like that, started from from when the that worlds started getting talked about. So my first major event was the Nationals here at Morbick in Perth. And it's it's literally five minutes from my house. I can, I can walk out of my bedroom, get in my car, I can be there in five minutes. Um, but, and then the whole lead up to that from 2015 Nationals and the FEMCA race when when the world started getting talked about to when it got announced while I was in Las Vegas at Live RC, it, it's a two, three year build up. And so th- there was a lot of, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I was of a, a certain ability that I believe is what the world's deserved. And then... Um, when it comes to it, I ended up ended up doing the whole world titles uh, solo commentary. So it was eighteen hour days for six days straight, um, tr- and trying to manage between doing the track commentary and then my audio going to the live stream. I knew that because it wasn't being broadcast with Live RC, it was going to be uh, through our own assets uh, with the local broadcasting company, Front Row Screens, that it would be received a little bit differently. Um, and so I was, I was constantly worried about that, but in the end, uh, the whole show was was really good. Um, came
0: away with a, uh, a, a really Chris, good world championship. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna say <coughs> I was one of the people who, when I saw oh, the world is in Australia, oh, I, the coverage is coming from these people, and I'm like, who are they? I yeah. was one of those doubters, hand on heart. I'm sitting there going. <laughs> What kind of nonsense coverage are we going to... If this is supposedly the world, and and, and then you, you sort of... Well, you and the team and everyone around and the whole Perth thing just sort of blew us all away, I think.
1: Yeah, well, like... I
3: think that's what... They, I think they were confident of that, but with the RC world, you never know. It can be quite, quite cynical, and um, people within RC racing can be a bit funny when when media media partners aren't the same. Sorry, I just in <clears throat> um but yeah, initially I think there was a lot of talk that, oh, we're not broadcasting on live RC, nobody's gonna watch this at all. Um but now, that was actually my own view coming into the event. Um but once we got things sorted and started getting the word out, and the benefit was we were getting onto people like Red RC and they were helping us spread the stream links around so that everyone had an opportunity to see I think we ended up broadcasting to something like fifteen different Facebook pages all at once, so yeah. there was no shortage of of a spread around the world for people to be able to see the worlds, um, and we managed to broadcast a really good quality product.
1: I think I think what was nice as well is it was um, I'm not I'm not I have to put this disclaimer up before I ever say anything because I sometimes feel like someone's going to take it the wrong way. But also, it was nice that it we want, it wasn't to be. I didn't have to pay for anything. If that makes sense, yes. Because yes. I, I know, like, yeah, I, obviously, Live RC is a business, and they've they've got to do what they've got to do to make money, etc. But I've always said, when it comes to like the big races, like the worlds or, or European championships or like an American na- nationals, put those events on so everybody can watch for nothing, but then sort of keep it sort of low key. Uh, subscriptions for everything else. Yeah. Well, that, that, that,
3: typically with live R C they, they usually have a, a broadcast partner that will pay enough in sponsorship money so that they can broadcast it mm. for free anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's what we ended up with, with Front Row Screens anyway. But they, they really want to be – and the, the tagline still sticks around in my head is I think every 20 minutes I had to do something that, that alluded to the fact that we were going live, free, and in HD for Front Row Screens.
0: I think I drove myself yeah. mad
3: with just that tagline
0: you <laughs> uh, will I,
3: be I, on your What's good for me though, is um, coming out of coming out of that world championships and working with uh, a whole bunch of people in the Perth broadcasting a motorsport scene, that's actually allowed me to pick up other other kinds of gigs in in other forms of motorsports uh, locally, which just means more work and more experience for myself.
1: Yeah, I'm what kind of other
0: going, stuff are you
3: doing? Um, I, I started with, uh, I dabbled with a little bit of motocross um, in in the regional area. Uh, just picking up, you know, uh, some pretty major events known as the Manjum Up 15,000, which is one of the largest uh, open-air motocross events in Australia. I've done that for two years now, working with local commentators Jared McLean, who is probably one of the best uh, motorsports commentators coming out of Perth right now Um, and with national national top-end commentator uh, Wade Onja so getting to walk in and and the first time I set foot on a motocross circuit is for the largest event in Australia and I get to commentate it with little to no knowledge of how motocross racing actually works um, that can be a little bit daunting but um, uh, I recently picked up uh, some, some work with Perth Motorplex which is uh, our local uh, drag racing and Dirt Oval Speedway racing venue. Working
0: mostly on the drag racing side for, for drag events and for burnout events. Okay, hang on. So when you say drag racing, do you mean what I think you mean in drag racing? Like, you know, long sticks with massive rear tires. That sort of drag racing.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. So <clears throat> all out, balls to the wall, quarter mile.
1: A to B and in we six actually seconds. Have a
3: phenomenal venue. Yeah, A to B in six seconds or less. Um, we've got a really good facility here, probably one of the best facilities in the world, if I say so, um, we've, that we're very lucky to have. And getting to, to be part of that and, and be on this ground, and you don't didn't realise until I've been looked around at other facilities around the world that, hey, we've got a really good venue here in Perth that um, is somewhat underappreciated many times, but we've got some great racing and a a great opportunity to start working with the people down there. So
0: how much commentary can you get in in six seconds?
3: Well, it's not really about the six seconds that you do. You you basically call the pass as you see it during a six-second what would be something like a (laughs) pro-slammer. A pro-slammer, If you guys who wouldn't know... uh, Anyone in Australia who knows drag racing they would know all about it, but basically we take a uh, any kind of full-bodied coupe or sedan car and we, we keep the functioning doors. You still have to sit left or right, but we'll stuff a big pro-alcohol motor in it with, you know, 520 cubic inches with overdriven supercharged blowers pushing the boundaries of a few thousand horsepower and then try and get them down the track in a straight line. And uh, <laughs> and they and they reg If you're not running below six seconds in Pro Slammer, you're not going to be at the pointy end of the field. They're that quick these days. But um,
1: so so what you're saying is you're basically taking a family sort of everyday car and uh, sticking, sticking all this stuff in it.
3: Not necessarily a family everyday car. We're talking um, old school uh, a Holden GTS Monaros and. Chevy Camaras, Mm. um, Ford Mustang bodies and stuff like that. And the the bodies are both basically built from composite panels, um, but they're a full chassis functioning door car that replicate and look the same or look somewhat the same as what the the original manufactured variant, but they're not a funny car. So they're not built the same as a a long, skinny, bubble roof kind of funny car body.
0: Right, okay. So, Mm. so, so, So like every Matchbox... Sort of kit we had as a as a lad, you know, a, a normal car with just this massive engine stuck on the front of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you have got the full supercharger blower hat sticking out the top of the bonnet, um, and, and they they're functioning doors, which is which is the big thing. So they they're known as top door slammer or pro slammer, um, and here we call them summer slam. So because we run during the summer season, and yeah, they're regularly sub six second passes. we're down around the five sixes five sevens now and pushing over over 400 kilometers an hour in a quarter mile um that's that's the top tier category locally to call um outside of what you get with top fuel if you went over to the east coast but um you you don't really call too much during the pass. you call it as you see it if they're going left going right or if there's an issue but otherwise there's a lot of build-up so there's a lot of lower key just working through the information of the driver what they ran recently, uh any changes they've made to the car. So one competitor I was actually commentating drag racing Saturday night just gone. And one competitor sunk thirty five thousand Australian dollars into a new rear end assembly on the car so that they stopped burning through diff gears because they would run a diff gear every three passes.
0: Wow That's Sorry. Just another world. And also, it just yeah. shows that I know nothing. Because I asked a ridiculous question ten minutes ago about whether one eighth Nitro was loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. I, I, and I remember seeing these pictures going, and I remember saying them as I went to the question, going, oh dear. But, mate, that's amazing. So, with all this commentary experience that you've done, and the big RC races and this just general great motorsports, have you got any things you could say to the guys who are doing commentary at like local clubs or want to have a go or something? Is there any hints or tips to be as good as you?
3: Um, Well, look, I I try to say that I'm not that phenomenal at this point. I'm constantly trying to learn. um, And I've found myself a great mentor uh, in local sport, in local motor racing, Jared McLean, who kind of took me under the wing and he's helped me through. He's a lead commentator with Perth Motorplex. So he's helped me through through things a lot as well and um helping me get more gigs and and develop my style but just just stay true to what you know um if you don't have the confidence to to really put out the noise and the volume level just just think about if you try it then you're going to develop more confidence and it's more of a for lack of wanting to say fake it till you make it but um it, it really is something like that so pick up the microphone at your local club if you if you fancy having a crack at it you never know what can come from it. Everyone starts at, at the ground floor, so to speak. Um, I, I started by commentating, you know, a local Friday night club race at my, at my off-road track just when I wasn't wheeling my own car. And it, and it snowballed out of control in the space of five years. And I just, you never know what's around the corners. Keep, keep plugging away at it. And um, you never know where you might get called up to ask to do a world championship one day.
0: Wow. Wow. But I think the the point from that was you don't feel like you have to be a Scotty Ernst or a Chris Mitchell, you know, straight away. If you just want to pick up the mic and call gaps and lead us through, that could be a great way for everyone to start.
1: It
3: is. It is a great way just to get started, especially in RC car racing where it is quite vocal and the drivers can actually hear you as well. It's, It's a great avenue to get started. Um, and you'll quickly find out if you're doing something wrong because us RC drivers, we're pretty good at letting people know when when we're not happy with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And as you say, we, we can hear everything that you say.
3: Yeah, that's that's the big difference in this media of of um of racing for a radio control car is is you can actually say something that can directly affect a driver and in their mentality and they because they can hear you and they can have an emotional response to what you're saying. So. That's what I find really fun, because at, at lower-level events, I can just mess with people.
1: <laughs> and these people who take offense are called snowflakes.
3: Well, I usually have a bit of fun. It's usually a B-main or a C-main kind of thing where you have a bit of fun, because by that point of the weekend, you've done the five rounds of qualifying where everyone's stressed out, and you get to finals You know, at the end of the Sunday program, and everyone's relaxed and wound down and just settled into what they got for now. So that's when you can play with them a little bit.
0: Okay, go go,
1: Joe. Uh, The uh, when I were on road worlds, what happened with that car that set on fire halfway down the straight?
3: That wasn't at the worlds. Oh, that was at uh, Xiamen. That was at at SIJC.
1: Oh, I thought those were the worlds. Oh, but that that
3: was a LiPo battery fire. Oh. So the lipo That's battery fun. went halfway through the lap previous, and then completely let go down the back straight at full noise. Wow! And from the That's video, that was I... um, that was Mean Verdrax's car as well from Thailand. So one of one of the really top end drivers in the world for for nitro on road and electric on road racing, and just I suppose that, that whole car yeah. goes in the bin. Uh...
1: I was going to say what, what ha- what, how much destruction was caused just on that.
3: Yeah, a nah, whole car in the bin for that job, for that kind of thing. Um, the amount of cars wow. that end up going in bins at, that, at the World Championships as well um, was pretty high. I think Andy Moore wrote off a car in seating practice and he had to actually go pick up um, Jesse Davis's spare car from the Infinity team because he just wouldn't have had time to to build a fresh one.
1: We'll, literally we'll say, throw, a, throw a car away?
2: Yeah, I, pretty, when, I eight, when I raced when I eighth national, mend it. If you got the end of the straight wrong, just get a dust fan and brush and just pick
3: it up. Wow, I, I drove <laughs> um, I drove uh, one of the American drivers' cars, Bryce Butterfield, on the Sunday afterwards, and and I have never driven a nitro on-road 8 scale car before, so the car was a bit nervous for my liking. I think I lasted three laps, and I clipped one of the outer barriers. And when I say clipped, I was doing no more than twenty kilometers an hour. And um, I, I, I had to replace uh, upper and lower wishbone. I pulled the entire hub off the pivot balls. <laughs> I burned through about a hundred dollars worth of parts in about five seconds.
0: Wow, those are real machines, aren't they? Those one eights. Yeah, but so you mentioned um, infinity. Um, I I see Infinity sponsor a lot of things and seem to support a lot of things, but don't actually produce a lot of cars. Certainly there's no one-tenth cars or even one-eighth cars coming out. Do you know anything about them? Um, Well, Infinity are are are
3: doing it the kind of way that you would all sit around. How many times have you guys sat around a pub and you said, if I had owned an RC car manufacturer, I would try every car on the market and figure out what works best first. Um, it feels like Infiniti are going through that kind of process. So they they started out with the Nitro on-road because that's that's the Formula 1 level of RC car racing throughout Europe and Italy where, in on-road racing. You know, that's where the best drivers and the most amount of investment can go. Um, but they, they did a, a fair stint uh, figuring out what they wanted to do with a, an ISTC touring car. Um, and in 2016, they had a team that were actually all pretty much all running black X-rays at that point um, and, and figuring out and with a lot of prototype parts. And then they, they bought out SMJ, which made the CX-11 touring car, and the SMJ CX-11 got um, produced as the Infinity uh, electric touring car. So then when you, when you take that, they are producing some 8-scale off-road stuff, um, they've been working through some prototype stuff, so they've got Lee Martin and Kyle McBride on their factory team uh, working through the the development and racing their prototype cars uh, with RCGP and stuff like that, and um, for a lot of the stuff they've been using, uh, they tried a fair few different platforms. They, they tried the Agama, the Mugen, and I think they settled on a HB platform um, for quite a while, but uh, word on the street, depending on who you talk to, is that an Infinity Nitro off-road car is somewhat around six months away from what I understand. Um, right, and it's from what I've heard, it's going to be a kind of masterpiece in the category.
0: Wow! Because they, they seem to sponsor absolutely everything.
3: Uh, yeah, they do, which is great, um, especially in Nitro on-road. It's it's a category. Which doesn't see a whole bunch of investment from the industry, but it's a category that needs a lot of investment. Um, these cars aren't cheap, you know. The racing isn't cheap for nitro on road. When when you're you're talking about drivers burning through eight engines at the world championships, or taking eight engines to the world championships, um, to the tune of you know five hundred dollars a piece just for an engine, um, that's a lot of money investment. So it's a part of the industry which which is um, money heavy. And is very top heavy the way they go racing, and I think fundamentally that category can use with some back end rule changes to make things uh, more affordable on the everyday to go racing at a high level. But um, yeah, Infinity and Kenji Taira putting in a lot of investment in the RC hobby is really good because it's it's the kind of money that the hobby can use to build up a higher prestige and um, and get, gain more access to the general public who don't know a thing about what we're doing. And that just in the the end, that gets Uh, people involved and puts on more fun events for us all to go race at. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. Um, You you have, we'll we'll let you go in a bit. Honestly, we will. We will. Um, But you've you've seen a lot, you've commented a lot of classes, you've seen a lot of classes. Is there anything else in RC you think could be better? Or do you think, is there anything in one class that you think would work well with another?
3: Um well, it, it that's it's a hard question to ask without without um pissing off a lot of people around the world. But uh, when it comes to it, I believe that RC racing actually needs a major shake up when it comes to the event format. Um and that's gonna be really hard to do, and it's something that people like RCGP are trying to do. And a lot of venues now are all trying a kind of read erase format, which is more along the lines of what's gonna be more entertaining if you were trying to produce uh high end RC racing as a spectator sport. Um but trying trying to make it more accessible for new people to get involved, I think is, is the hard part we're finding these days is you need to change the rules and allow entry level categories and, and you guys in the UK, you go you guys have modified only, but you have different levels of it, which I think is great because you don't get caught up in different uh motor spec rules, whereas Anywhere in the States or in Australia, we have stock or we have a a stock, then a super stock, then a modified. Um, The cars are so fast these days with the technology that's developed that it's it's hard for people to get involved and see how quick the cars are going and, and go, yeah, I can do that because it's not easily accessible anymore as compared to just playing video games in your living room. For less money, you can get more involvement and you can get more theoretical reward without being worried about warding up a thousand dollar car, putting it in a wall, and going home with a bag of bits. Yeah.
0: That happens mm. to Joey a lot.
1: Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> the one oh, don't wanted, don't I... paint me as like this really shit racer. Jesus Christ.
2: Well it's not, it's true. Um <laughs> uh, one <laughs> thing, the one thing from the worlds I was watching, uh the eighth worlds that I was gonna bring up was I can't remember his name. He was Australian that came within, like, a lap of winning his qualifier and bumping up, and the car stopped.
3: And Scotty oh. went and
2: interviewed him. I felt so bad for that guy.
3: Yeah, uh, Steve Jovanovic... Um, That's it. Had, he struggled all week with, with power. He was really struggling with power. And in that category, if you don't have power that matches the guys you're trying to race, you may as well not even put the car on the track. It's It's that yeah. bad especially on a track like that. It was high speed, but quite tight. So you're always in the power for 85, 90% of the lap. But um, he was running in a brand new engine in the parking lot of like a Hobby Lobby kind of uh, hardware store the morning of his quarterfinal on the Saturday morning. Um, And he was out there with with Jeff Hammond and a few other guys running that engine in to try and make sure he had the best package uh, before his quarterfinal. And then, yeah, came to within to within a minute of bumping into the semi final, and I think he detonated a plug, and it just gave right. up and stopped. Ouch. Yeah, that's just heartbreak. But
1: that, it that's works. the
3: story that a world championship kinds of writes. So you're gonna have the great moments where everyone celebrates, like Shoki Takahata getting getting that if my world championship by literally just surviving a one hour main in what is a race of attrition. But then you have the bad stories, you know. Naoto Matsukura, for the second time running, misses it in the final ten minutes while leading with a mechanical failure. You know, last time he had a battery; this time he stripped a drivetrain out. Um, There's the good, the bad, the good and the bad. But that's the stories that, as as media people, we love to see because it, it builds passion and it, it builds uh, involvement, and and you invest yourself emotionally into the racing, which is something that. We we want we should tap into more to develop a better profile for RC car racing. The likes of what you see on TV when you go and you watch British touring car, they don't talk about how many what lap time you can run on a regular basis in BDC or World touring car or Australian touring car. Any motorsports platform, they they talk about rivalries and they talk about relationships because that's what people invest in, and that's yeah. what's going to build a better profile for our racing. So
0: so do you think our pros in all the classes hmm. should just be meaner to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
3: I, I, I think you, to... be, you can go through the pits and find a bit of mean, mean people any day of the week. But um, I think well, honestly, I, I'm kind of fatalistic. I don't think we're ever going to see RC Racing develop to that same level or at least in the same way because it's a, it's a hobby that's built around sponsorship packages and promoting professional drivers they're there to promote the cars they drive not 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 there to promote other sponsors and and the people that you're promoting to are other people in the hobby so it's it's rather self-contained it's you're not broadcasting for for catalogs or for coca-cola or for any other brands that are just going to end up getting free plugs on your podcast right now but you're not broadcasting for them so that they're not going to invest sponsorship money because they're not really getting it out getting that out of it um and maybe RC Racing can just focus on that and and be self-sustained, but it's gonna get harder and harder to draw in new blood. So it's it's a fine balance. I don't have the answers, but um, I'm happy to be part of trying to build a solution with with building better broadcasts and working with industry professionals like Scotty uh, and and Live RC and, and all our broadcasting companies, going to world championships and putting on a good show that can then be rebroadcast for live streams and, and television and media outlets, that's how you're going to get the word out there in the first place. Okay,
0: because what I don't know if you saw, there was a clip on um, that sort of, went, I'm going to say went viral. I think it was Ryan Lutz running around Padova with a GoPro on the front of his mm. car. Did anyone see that? It was on the Daily Mail website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
3: it's a great clip. Fantastic I- clip.
0: But then I'm sitting there going, well, why does that get a million views? And, but, it, and we, but then I look at it and go, well, it's not proper. Surely everyone would want to see it from the rostrum where they can see the whole race. Maybe we've just got it completely wrong. Maybe we well, should put GoPros on the front of all our cars. Oh, make the pros run GoPros on the front of all their cars. Well, we might all end up like that. I
3: mean, look at how, look at how uh, big... Uh, first-person perspective or first-person view drone racing is nowadays. Uh, the technology is there to allow us to do that, but the cars are actually too quick. The cars are physically too fast to race yeah. properly from a first-person view. Oh, it's okay. not possible, but it might be a good spectacle to, to showcase the racing.
0: Right, okay. That's brilliant. Um, well, Mate, we've had you on for far too long. Um, it, it, <laughs> It's been, it's been, well, a uh, bit of time. You're, you can go back to bed for a bit. Um, is there anybody, and um, please take as long as you want to go, And you, anyone you'd like to thank for where you are today and all the stuff that you've done?
3: Um, oh, there's so many people that you want to thank whenever something big happens in your career and you keep developing. But um, <clears throat> look, it, it all started at Moorback. So everyone here in the, in the Perth RC car racing community that, that prodded me and helped me get along to these first events at uh Model Off-Road Buggy Club and at, and at West Coast Model RC. It, these are my home tracks that I go to every other week when I want to go racing. And they're still so welcoming and and so friendly. So a uh, big shout out to everyone like that. And people like Craig Lawton, uh, Andrew Sylvie, and uh, Trevor Reed and and David Sims in in Australian RC racing really getting me going in those first few series. Um then Brandon Roadie and uh, Live RC. For, for helping put me on the map and, and get me picked up by people like Scotty Ernst who has had nothing but good words to say. And it's and it's honestly an honour to hear things like that from the man who literally inspired me to pick up a microphone in the first place to tell you how well you're doing. Um, it, it, I couldn't fit my hat on afterwards after that. So <laughs> big thanks to, to everyone who's been involved in in developing my career and helping me along and um, everyone who keeps, keeps in touch and sends me a message and and keeps tabs on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm going to self-promote here, if you, if you want to follow along, then you're more than happy to, to find me on Facebook, uh, Crash Mitchell or Chris Mitchell, um, and find my announcing page as well, Chris Mitchell uh, announcer. Um, I, I try to post regularly, and I hope to to carry on the journey and get to travel the world some more and meet new fantastic people and n- new locations and be part of the stories that develop at various uh, RC racing events or in any form of motorsports, uh, I'm a racing nut, have been since age of eight, and uh, I just really appreciate the, the love from everyone around the world that I can, I can go and have fun at racetracks. Uh, not many people get to do this hobby, even in an amateur level, and, and I get to do it uh, somewhat trying to make myself look like a professional. So
0: thank you to everyone involved. No, Chris, thank you, mate. Thank you. We're, we're yeah. all big fans. Um. We, we all loved you when we, we saw you we heard you at the worlds we have, have loved you since then and we've sort of followed the points i would say please guys go and find chris mitchell on facebook go find chris mitchell announcer on facebook and like those things and like the post that he does and that means it was more likely we might see chris over here over in these shorts, commentating on one of our races wouldn't that be great
3: you never know what might happen in the future, guys. Thank you so much for having, on, having me on Extra Lap. i It's a real pleasure to join your podcast this
0: morning. Cheers, mate. Cheers, you, Chris. Chris. I see you, gents. Well, that was great speaking to Chris. It was really nice of him to get up super early in the morning to speak to us. Um, now we'll just sort of chat about what's going on with us. Um, my report's pretty short. I didn't do any racing this weekend. Nice weekend off. But hopefully we'll have Southport up in running next Sunday, or this Sunday uh, on the 8th of December. So maybe next week we can chat about how our first meeting went. Joey, you went to
1: WorkSop? I did. I went to WorkSop again. I, I am
0: in, assuming in... you dominated with the truck. No. Oh. Well,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I take you the first two rounds. Nice. Um, made some changes for round three, were okay. You know,
0: hang on, you know what I'm going to ask? What were your changes?
1: Well, I moved uh, the shocks to the rear of the tower and the rear of the arms. Okay. And uh, moved the battery position Well actually, round three.
0: So, but that didn't work because you didn't TQ it.
1: Uh, I well, it didn't. It didn't work to the same. Well, it it worked and it didn't work. I mean, I had. To, I, I was leading the heat for most of the most of it, um, but Talbot was just like a little bit quicker. Uh, but unfortunately, we had a slight coming together onto the straight.
2: So you took him um, out.
1: No, 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 no. He he was the one that nudged me, and I spun. Unfortunately, it's mm, not my. Yeah, well, it depends who you ask. If you watch, if you ask Neil Craig and uh, Johnny Skidmore, who who did the taking out, they'd they'd uh, be on my side because they both watched it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, and then round four again, I made some more changes. I put a lower long, long wheelbase and put some washes in under ball studs, and it didn't quite have the desired effect I wanted. So Talbot again got the TQ in that round. Desire. Still managed to line up second on the grid. Um, final started out as every sort of final does, especially with the truck being as wide and as undrivable as they can be. Um, I got caught in a little bit of a battle with Little Abe Lyons and, and Alex Callan and allowed uh, Talbot just to sort of break away. Um, and then I had a... a a weird sort of scenario where the I, th- I thought I'd broken the body posts with a with a crash onto the straight, um, but all it done is it just uh, just popped the pins out. So every time I did like the jumps in front of the in dr- front of the driver stand or went down the straight, the shell would lift up and c- just cause the car to try and backflip and all sorts which was quite funny for some to watch my car go down hurtling down the straight and then all of a sudden the body shoulders lifts up and just drags the car backwards <laughs> um and then i had a bit of a, I had a bit of a battle with uh johnny skidmore who was sort of like the honorary leon morel stand-in driver for for the final um i let i let johnny get the best of me there.
0: Did you? But but you yeah. did have a <clears throat> you did have a broken truck, and your shell kept coming up. You probably would have beat him, otherwise.
1: I probably would have done a little bit better than I hoped if that hadn't have happened. Yeah, and I give credit Neil Craig did fix the uh, fix the problem by sticking one of his body pins in for me. So, but it was a good day. I, I, I enjoyed myself again.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's what, you've... It, that's what it's all about. Bit of fun.
0: You, you've won one, and Talbot's won one.
1: Yes.
2: Okay.
0: So, if Talbot beats you over <clears throat> the series, he can take your job for a night. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fine. You just tell us what kind of. Use Nick. Give me. Give me your top three guests, and then we'll make sure one of those is on. Okay. When you're when you're not here.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, we'll do that.
1: I'll make um, sure it's no one important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just write Aiden, Martin, Mike Walker. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mike Walker standing. stand in.
0: Yeah, you know, you, no one knows what team he'll be driving by then.
1: We um, all know what team he's driving by then.
0: Well, he probably changed again. Um, well, well, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah maybe. I,
0: I'd call him the new, uh, the new Alan O'Brien, but clearly people don't pay him enough money. Um, but he is so... Scottish, like Alan, so he is Scottish he is Scottish yeah to be honest I've spoken to a few of Scots this week it's been great um, so Joey let's go on and work Dollar it all alright
1: uh, it's not for me to say I'm not getting involved it's, it's I mean it does put a bit of a downer on the meetings and stuff and it is unfair what happens and but what happens happens and away it goes
0: I'll save you for that I don't know what went on, and nobody okay. has told me what's gone on. So, therefore, okay. whatever I say is just rumour from what people have told me. Mm-hmm. But what what I heard is that... First, I heard that um, someone had been disqualified, and then yeah. I thought, how are they going to disqualify someone? How could they tell that someone had you know, accidentally, not knowing the rules, made a change to their tyre when it was glued on. And then someone said they cut every tyre open in the A final. And I thought, well, that's okay then. If they just cut every tyre open, then that's fair. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a post on Facebook today in the workshop group, which I, I honestly believe everybody in that thread is positive and wants up to continue to be the best venue in um, the winter oh hang on, one of the best venues in the winter because obviously we've got to be nice to Silverstone we'd all like places that not the MKGP, um, but you know it's definitely one of the premier things of the in thing and that's the case, but then on that um, post on Worksop, apparently someone was accusing Richie Lowe and that's why they cut them open
1: yeah, I th- I I I wasn't, I, I'm, although I was there, I wasn't 100% sure what went on to start with. And then obviously it started to sort of circulate around the building, what was going on. Um, I wasn't aware of these accusations whilst being at the meeting. Obviously, I didn't find out about these accusations till sort of Sunday night, Monday sort of time. Um, which, I mean, is a bit a bit sly from the person who's
0: made the accusations, you know. I think you can take it either way. You can take it away. Maybe you should have gone up to somebody, up to the thing, or maybe actually what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go to the race director. Well, yeah, that's... I, I, I think they've dealt with it the right way. My understanding of those tyres are, when I've once been to workshop, is you have to run a new set next week anyway, or next round. Well, oh so yeah, that's the what's, thing. What's I... the problem with them just cutting them open?
1: I think to maybe not allow this situation to happen again, then it should just be pre-glued that everybody runs. I mean, okay, not necessary that every uh, Schumacher wheels won't necessarily fit other hexes and stuff properly. I I I know this from experience. They don't fit the Kosher wheel uh, the hex all that great. But if you want to, like, say you want to stop this from happening, just everybody run pre gludes no problems. Then you don't you don't oh. leave anybody with the opportunity to maybe fiddle their tires or fiddle with their inserts or whatnot,
0: or or, or just randomly cut ten people's tires off at the end of the day.
1: Well, yeah, I mean they're not. Um, uh, I suppose they're not going to really be much use anywhere else. I know. I know there's all these videos of of guys in, in sort of like Sweden and and other countries. Testing them on, on EOS carpet and stuff, but are, are we as, as the as UK drivers really going to take a set of honeycombs and test them at Silverstone uh, when we don't know if they're going to be any good? So, yeah, uh,
0: but, but I don't the know. other thing is, it, it's one of the great things of Worksop that I'm going to call it new Worksop, improved Worksop with these honeycomb tires. You, you're going to the pre- one of the premier meetings that, through the winter and you know mm-hmm. you just need to turn up with one set of rears and one set of fronts that's a cheap yeah. lease for anybody isn't it
1: well yeah because even even the, the, i don't think the fronts ch- you don't have to change the fronts no I you think don't you can run run the same fronts you've run pretty much for the for every other round so it is literally just what seven seven ninety nine seven fifty whatever honeycombs are i don't know i've never bought a pair so yeah, I can't cut on the price,
0: but your, yeah, your dad buys, pays for yours. Yeah, but And he's lucky that's to do fa- so. That's
1: how fucked I am.
0: <laughs> that's how fucked you um, are.
1: But but I think it's also. But yeah, there's
0: a, there's a lot of discussion on the post, and I do really think it's all positive that everyone just has views, and Muslims come out and said, "Well, you know, a couple of issues regarding um, seeding, but that's the same system everybody has." Yeah. Is that if you don't attend a race, you don't go down. And if you have a bad race, you do go down.
1: Well, this is this see I didn't know about this situation. Um but obviously I, I kinda of got whiff of it when when like I don't know what happened to to Johnny Skidmore. He had a bit of a, a bit of a shambles day in four wheel drive. But he didn't didn't run his phone and I'm thinking, Oh that's surely that's a bit suspect. And then they were like, Well, if we don't run, then we don't lose our seeding for next round. But if we do run, then we we end up like in a lower heat. And I was just like, oh, okay. That'll probably explain why a lot of people didn't do their finals. Um, right. I was I was never aware of this this uh, system, as it were. So I was a bit like, oh, okay. And then sort of like Steve Steve Pearson and Muzz sort of explained it. I was like, oh, okay. Makes makes total sense now.
0: Yeah, but you don't want people not running finals.
1: Well, no, because you... Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a I, waste I, I, of the day, I suppose.
0: I, I think if you look at the, the heat list for WorkSop, you know, you look at the people in the E-final at WorkSop, and I've never beaten any of them. You know what I mean? I mean, the, from, it, it's, from... It's, it's In two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. I know you, Martin, would say you ran the sandbag in class, wouldn't you? But you know, but anybody who can turn up and beat Talbot every so often is doing the world a favour. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mate, mean, it's a competitive meeting. It's you had to it, is, it is,
1: it is highly competitive, and I, 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 I give. Like I said, any, any, if you've even even making a, a B final or even a C final, at Workshop is, I mean, pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal considering. Uh, who fucking turns up to these meetings?
0: Yeah, mate. I'm sure I'll get a C when I go there in the new year, mate. Not a problem.
1: Well, you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky. I'm, I might get in trucks. Um, you might see in
0: a while, yeah. Okay, when, when I'm running my four wheel drive, that's what'll happen. Um, mate, but well done, well done. Next time we'll get Talbot again. I'll be there next round to help you through the day. Not a problem okay. at all. Okay. We can do all that. Now I'll, as I didn't go racing. It, Martin, how did your weekend go? Yeah, I went down to mid Devon.
2: Um Yeah, it was okay. Qualified second and finished second. So. Oh did you get did you get beaten by Rob West? Yeah, he outqualified me and won the final. Oh <laughs> I, I turned he turned the tables on me. I didn't turn him th- round. But we had, a Schumacher, is, uh... we had a Schumacher one, two,
1: three, four. So I'll take it. He is quick, old Robert, though, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's, and he's just a delight to race against. He's fair. He's clean.
0: Um, you know. You know. Yeah, it's good.
1: It's
2: a good you race.
0: Know, is he the kind of guy that you know if you were coming up to lap him, he'd just let you through? Yes, in a heartbeat.
2: I right. mean, in in qualifying, he went off first. I went off second. Right on him. He just pulled over and let you through, you know. Yeah. How how the guys at the top should do, which is excellent. So yeah, it was a good day. It was enjoyable. Um, and roll on the next one. I've got silver staying this, day. and um, then I'm going to have a break for a few weeks, which will be quite nice. No waiting over Christmas for you. No. No, I'm going to um, I'm going to just chill out a
0: little. I think I've done like nine or ten weeks in a row, so it's a little break. So, could they not the Milton Keynes Grand Prix be your return? Uh, I think it's mid-Devon, the weekend of
2: the Milton Keynes Grand Prix, which I am right. looking forward to brunting for.
1: What's the uh, official dates for that?
2: It's the 17th, 18th and 19th of January.
1: Is that the week? So, the weekend before is the 10th, 11th. Is that when yeah. I was supposed to be at your house?
2: No idea. Not if I can help it.
1: Okay, well, that's a busy one because I've got up on the 5th of January, <coughs> then I'll be at your house the following weekend, and then the following weekend, that potentially MKGP. Wow. Well,
0: well Joe. Yeah,
2: still still, still announced that. That looks a
0: good. Yeah, I thought Joey's really happy because they did explain the way, and I would say the right way to sort of come out and say how places will be given. You know, yeah, you know, the the first group are the world stars and all the top guys. You know, you the kind of the Joey Cockhill bracket. You know those guys. Yeah, yeah, just just getting invites. Yeah, full factory guys like Joey. Yeah, in right. Um and then anyone who's traveling a distance, anyone's flying, they can get in. Guys who are already because they did have to move a Silverstone round, didn't they? Yes. Um to put this on. So anyone who's booked into there then they've got a really good chance of getting in. And then the pot with everybody else. Um, so that's the pot by me So please come and join me in that pot and make sure we get entered and then let, let's see who's lucky enough to get in. I, I know the North have literally booked Melton Mowbray Premier Inn out already. Um, <laughs> so, if none of the North get in, there'll be a lot of cheap rooms in the Melton Mowbray Premier Inn available for that weekend.
1: If I get in, I'll be staying at home because I only live sort of 25 minutes away.
0: Oh, we, we could have all stayed at Joey's. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, someone can stay. Yeah, uh, I got a spare spare bed in the in the spare room. Well, I have. I I now have a spare bed in the spare room because we bought it from IKEA.
0: Perfect. So anybody who's listening to this who needs a room, contact Joey. Because me and Martin are in hotels. Clearly, if we get in. Um. I'm in the Premier Inn at Melton Mowbray. I've mentioned it once or twice. That's where the North are. Um, that'll be a great weekend if if anyone's lucky enough, and if anyone needs a spare room, maybe Venables. Venables is always looking for a spare bed.
1: Venables is always. I've I've hosted Venables at my house before. Not this. Not the current house I live in, but my other house when we were at Kidderminster for a national we stayed before.
0: So there you go. Briefcase. If you need somewhere to stay. You can stay with... Uh, be, I,
1: I won't charge you a lot, briefcase, if you want to stay. I'll charge you half price.
0: Yeah, he's got a fancy job in London town, hasn't he?
1: Exactly, so he can afford half price. Oh, without a shot. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't said how much half, half is, but we'll we'll, uh, we'll negotiate that later.
0: Perfect. Is there anything else we need to chat about? Uh, Well... National dates. Well Ooh, yeah, the
1: national dates.
0: Okay. If one of us was good at this, we'd have them, but, then, yeah, but you want to know the national uh, dates? Yeah, that'd be well, good stuff.
2: J- just imagine if someone had gone to the meeting
0: for the national dates. They should know them off the top of their head. They should. Well, I'd be impressed if you know them off the top of your head, mate. No, I'm not that sad. Okay. Not yet, anyway. So yes, you um, did. So you did go to the meeting, no, though. You
2: were at the meeting, weren't you? I was at the meeting where they voted for the tracks. Where I can, I, I can assure you, it's not rigged. It's not agreed. It's done in a proper voting system.
0: So, you know, oh, I, I know, should... I know all that because if it was rigged,
1: I'd rig it. <laughs> um,
0: but I can't. Yeah, That's a card. Southport, problem.
1: Southport would get six nationals
0: six nationals yet. if it could be rigged i think it would be a great game to play so that's why we but we, we, we eventually we will appear on this list so is it is it kilometers to start sorry so it's, 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 april the 19th is
1: kilometers so hang on 19th. hang on hang on hang on hang on joe's
0: For... actually going to write these down
1: no 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 simpler simpler terms so the 19th of april is kilometers but is the 19th the saturday or the friday
2: that's the, the Sunday, mate. So it's 18th and 19th. So 17th, 18th, 19th.
0: No, yeah. it's the 18th and 19th. Why are you taking phone <sighs> off? I'm glad you're always making this easier.
1: Because if you just try to say it's the 19th...
2: I just said it's the 18th and 19th.
1: There you In go. The that's, that's what I wanted you to say, was the, the Saturday and the Sunday dates.
2: Right. Uh, the 16th and the 17th of May is Telfer. Nice. The thirteenth and fourteenth of June is Stockfold. Nice. Yeah. The eleventh and twelfth of July is Vets HNMC, which is a new
0: venue, so that'll be good. Wh- wh- which ones that?
1: Harts Nacho Model Club.
0: Yeah, you've been a big fan of this, haven't you, mate? You've been a big supporter of that.
1: I used to, to regularly race at heart so yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a second home track as as well as Stockfold, so. So
2: you're not going to get to racing, Jerry, because you're not a junior.
1: No, I know. I'm too young, but I, I'm also too old at the same time. It's, it's really depressing. So it is. That's quite funny. Um, I, I might go down to give the Kershaw boys a hand.
2: Yeah, they'd probably do better if you didn't. Definitely. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, July the, the 18th and 19th is uh, Aidan's home track
0: of Southport. Always sunny Southport. Just make sure Um, you've got a food van. Make uh, sure we've got a food van. Make Um, sure you've got an an umbrella. Yeah. Uh, Wellies. (laughs) Um, I've been had a a lot of messages since that news has come out. Um, And a lot of people have said lots of nice things and how they're looking forward to the trip up the nine hours on the M6 that they're going to have. And then a few of our locals have literally turned around and said, pick the track now. Let's run no other track from May when we start to that because they haven't had any home advantage in a national for like six, seven years. So they're really looking forward to this. Excellent. If, you know, if we don't see Tony Parr in the national A-final, I'll be surprised.
1: Well, that ain't gonna happen. It's Tony Parr.
0: Well wow. <laughs> they're gonna get that much practice, mate. It's gonna be perfect. Good if lab.
1: anything, Tony Parr's gonna be in like the G final with me. <gasps> no. No. He's gonna be in the D final. The, the, the only the final. only person that races at Southport on a regular basis that will be in the A final will be Chris Everson.
0: Uh, Connor Cocker? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Mark Anthony Jones,
1: no, yeah, he ain't making an A final. Well,
0: um, I don't know.
1: He, I, I watched, I, the, <laughs> I watched the driver workshop this weekend. He ain't making an A final. Um,
0: I, I was, um, he phoned me. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. Uh, what's next? Uh, August the eighth and ninth is Torch on there, old
2: but new track. Great news, which would be great. Yeah. It looks, like I said, when you stand in the the trap, shut your eyes open but you think you were in the old place. It just looks the same, which is great. Um, And then the 22nd and 23rd of August, we get to race at Robin Hood on the Astra track that had just been used for the Euros. Wow! Yay! Which um, Which is quite good that we're going there. And then uh, September... That's th- that's it, then? That's it? It's the end of the season? That's it, it, yeah. That's it? No more racing? No, that's it. No more racing? Actually, there's one in September on my birthday. Is it your
1: birthday? So, September the 5th and 6th. Yeah, but mine, hang on, hang on. Who else's birthday is that weekend? Yeah, my wife's.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that news is epic. Oh, brilliant.
0: Yeah. i I just buy her a handbag. I
2: can't repeat what she said when I texted her. Mate, it, uh, it, was of, F2, three,
1: it, it was a lot of... It was a lot of symbols.
2: Yes. Um, so, yeah, we
0: get to come to my home track.
1: Oh, From mate, going to be time. epic.
0: Which, um, yeah, it's cool. And, and that's for the 3s, the F2s and the F3s, 4s and 5s. That's right, yeah. Which is... Uh, our guys are super, are super happy with that news. You know, I, we don't know Opal dates, but I'm just going to say that means we're coming to Mendip twice next year. Yeah. Um, we are all so looking forward. It's well worth the trip. I think it's a great event for Mendip and the region because I think there'll be a, that's just going to be absolutely fully booked straight away.
2: Yeah, so and there's, the, there's going to be a lot of work going on. The rostrum's getting made bigger. The track's getting made bigger. There's a, a lot going on.
0: I, I think it's, it's fine now. Yeah, it's I, just, I, just, I, I know it's you want to do more up. stuff to it, but the, the pits, yeah. every, everyone can just... If, 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 I'm sure they have heard us talk about it before. and you know, Just being able to everyone just to sit together on outdoor track in those covered pits, it, makes, it just makes the whole whole weekend, make Yeah, Um, no, it'll be excellent. Tommy won't buy a four wheel drive, but he said he'll just hang around on four wheel drive day anyway. Nice, Um, but that means we'll probably have to leave halfway through our day. Mate, they are they are great national dates. Have you used to put your entries in? Are entries open yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Next year. Okay, so. Are we all relatively happy with those? It's,
1: I mean, for the last sort of four four or five national seasons, we've been relatively going to the same sort of areas, you know, the Kidderminsters, the Telfers, the Robin Hoods, Stockfolds, Torches, uh, whatnot. So it's nice to see, you know, Hearts, uh, junior finals, obviously, Mendick getting the F2345s, which obviously I can go to. Uh, and again next year could be a different story we might be going to mend it for a full national we might be going to hearts for a full national
2: yeah
1: who knows uh, and, and, and know a, 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 new, a new club may be on the market next year and say right we want to do an end of seasons and then they'll get another na- a national maybe the following year yeah yeah, yeah. So,
0: um, imagine a juniors and vets in Newcastle uh,
1: well like like me. Neem or something what, yeah, or... what a great yeah
0: what a great night out that would be
1: well, for the not so much for the juniors because they're not old enough.
0: Yeah, that's okay. That's fine.
1: But for the dads, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the dads.
1: Uh, uh, and whilst we're recording, can I just say it's officially Christmas because I've just seen the Coca Cola advert.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs>
0: Happy <laughs> Christmas to everybody. I
1: hate yeah. Christmas. Oh, shut up, you miserable bastard! <laughs> oh, you're not going to get any sympathy here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: this is going to be let's just make this now the most Christmassy podcast for that whole month of December let's not but no 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 as that's clearly the end
1: no 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 not the end wow go on I have some news oh god go go I have I have more national dates but these are truck and short oh. course national dates.
2: <coughs> Retirement class.
1: Alright, steady on. We don't <laughs> want to lose the listeners that we've got. Yeah, yeah. All
0: three, uh,
1: of, them. All three of them, yeah. That's just your us dad, three.
2: Your dad, my mum, and Aiden's son. That's it.
1: That's it. And, oh, Mike, yeah. and, and Mike. And Mike, yeah. But then again, he's Scottish. Does he really get the internet up there?
0: No, probably not. So, truck national dates.
1: Truck national dates. Uh, yeah, um, so I think it's the their second full year of doing nationals, um, and luckily none of them have clashed with any of the 10th off road national, which is uh nice to see this year because I know a lot of them in the past have, have clashed. Um, so the first, these are all just um one day events, I'm led to believe.
0: Yeah, I so think they, there's no, I think. You- I think they run them all <coughs> on Sunday. Uh, yeah, they. they I think all they day have practice on the Saturday.
1: Yeah, you have open practice and stuff on Saturdays. So obviously, you are more than welcome to turn up on the Saturday as well. But obviously, for for those who just want to do the Sunday, it's it's no obligation to have like, the full weekend off. So uh, first national is Telford on the twenty sixth of April. Uh, Bowton, the thirty first of May. A1 Raceway in Grantham, uh, 28th of June. Um, Then they're off to Ledbury on the 12th of July. Uh, Eden Park on the 16th of August. And then last, they are at Coventry on the 13th of September.
0: Yeah, um, I, I know that Mark, who is the chairman of the section, was on the State of RC podcast last week. Yes. Um, You know, he went into loads of good information about they've been running short course nationals for a while. It's Mm -hmm. now a whole Mm. section. Um, You know, listen to that if you want more information on the truck nationals. Are you going to make a guest appearance, Joe?
1: I'm going to try and do at least one, two, three, four, perhaps five out of the six. Right. Um... But again, um, as long as I don't clash with anything major, then I should hopefully, like I said, just a 10, maybe just the 5 out of Martin, the
0: 6. Martin, do you think Joey's going for the win there?
1: Wow. <laughs> He's going to win something in his
2: life. <clears throat> oh, jeez. I don't know, I suppose, I guess if Lee Talbot.
1: Yeah.
0: Lee Talbot could turn up, mate.
1: Well, I, I do know of some other other 10th-scale national drivers that w- were interested in, in uh, keeping their eyes on the dates. So there will be a few others I believe may, may turn up. Mate, but I, think, uh, I don't know.
0: I'm now pleading for Danny McGee to make a, a move to trucks and do all six dates just so you don't win. The, they
1: don't, I don't that doesn't bother me.
0: I know it doesn't, mate. I know it doesn't, mate. You're a superstar. But I think you can win. and We're all fully behind you here, mate. I don't. <laughs>
1: I think he sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's still... He's better than me, Martin, though, so,
1: you know... I'm better than Martin as well. <sighs> wow.
0: National results didn't show that, lads.
1: No, no. If the they're... results don't lie. Yeah. yeah the results don't really tell the story of what happened on the day.
0: Okay, right, we definitely have finished now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everybody's gone now already.
1: But no, They just want to hear more beef.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any more. Um, more
1: abuse. Joey, would you like
0: to eat it? more beef? Joey, thank you, sponsors.
1: Yeah, uh, Kyosha UK, Carl and Mike, Mike and Neil, uh, Sean at PBM. Uh, Factory Fred, old Freddie Russell, uh, screws for RC, Brian, Peretti. Uh As always, my my father, who is the uh, the the engine room behind this whole shenanigan that I call my RC racing kind of career. Uh, <clears throat> and a uh, special thanks to Duncan Pole for my nice new shiny charger cables that he had. Uh, fantastically finished building for me at the weekend
0: wow No, I, w- I was going to lead with the joke of and of course even though they don't sponsor me I'll mention Reds for oh, giving yeah, Joey I those I always those forget season. that <laughs> When we'll it, Ka- it comes from
1: it comes from Kyosho so I always kind of associate him in that gap That's Steve a, Ashton yeah.
0: wouldn't forget yeah Steve Ashton wouldn't forget he's totally he's <laughs> much more pro than you Um. The other one, then, is are you also now saying you're now being sponsored by pole to pole Racing as well? Um, yeah, that not desperate. Desperate. That's not That's Desperate So, if anybody makes anything to do with RC and wants Joey to mention it, just send yeah. <laughs> that, it that, that, that's, so that's you That's
1: awesome. it. You, you've asked for the people that help me, therefore I'm going to give them all the daylight they need.
0: Mate, you are a star for that. So yeah. You did it on Facebook. Um, <coughs> I do. <sighs> Martin, do you want to thank your sponsors, please? Yeah, I from John at RC Octane
2: and all the guys at Schumacher for making good cars
0: and uh, nice, shiny tyres. Shiny tyres, mate. Of course, mm. family helped me load. You know, the guys, you know, I really do lean on guys like Crompton and 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 Callum now up in the Northwest. I think I might get to MB tomorrow. Um, So, and I might order some Christmas presents from TQ models now they're back from traveling around the world. And happy birthday to Chris Stewart, who's now 40, which means there's somebody else who can beat me at the vets next year. Yay. That's us done. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Is there anyone you want to thank, Joey? I Matt, would just like to say thank you to Richard Gasson for coming on last week. Thanks yeah. for your time. Richard Gasson. Oh,
1: yeah. Thanks, Richard. Did you
0: have a Good moment? Martin. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's Martin because he was
1: sick. Oh, yeah. Martin flaked out. Oh, flaky. He, he had flaky. man flu. Yeah, maybe I, talk. Just don't,
0: I, I just don't like gas. <laughs> he, <don't
1: play> <laughs> he, he won't be listening anyway, so no, exactly. he
0: won't. that's it. Um, so, uh, thanks very much, Rich Gason to come on. Thank you very much, yeah. to Chris Mitchell, for getting up early and saying thank you very much for everybody to listening to our podcast. Um, uh, apparently, we're doing so well. If you want to see something move up and down a chart, check out Apple, iTunes hobby section because we go from 157 to 22 to 75 most weeks. No idea what's going on there but you can see us move up and down there. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone to please like and share the podcast. Please like and share all the podcasts. I did again listen to the Voice RC podcast. He had Randy Castor on from One Up Racing doesn't he have um, a hand? Is it Teakin as well? No, that's Randy Pike. Ah, oh. so And in fact, oh. Randy Pike now works for Tesla and doesn't do anything with Teakin as well. Oh. Just so pro-geo. <laughs> um, so I, I, that was really good. Uh, of course, Randy Castor, one-up races, the guy who makes all the uh, fancy bits, the fancy soldering irons and things. And, and actually a really nice guy. We'll definitely reach out to him and try and speak to him next week. Not, sorry, not next week, next year uh, and put him on our list. Um, And hopefully we've got a a few guests for the next few weeks. Should be nice Mm -hmm. running up to Christmas. Um, Mm -hmm. Guys, thanks very much for your time. We've been awesome. We we have. Bye now.